the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Welcome to SoCal Live. I'm Scott Furrow, your host. It is great to be with you on this fantastic Tuesday. Great time to be here in Southern California and a great time to be with you as we discuss the news of the day and we discuss how to approach things from a Christian perspective on our program. You can give me a call today, 888-LA-TALKS, 888-528-2557. That's 888-528-2557. Write that number down. We'll get to your calls a little bit later. You probably have some things to share today, 888-528-2557. You can also email the program, SoCalLive at KKLA.com, SoCalLive at KKLA.com. We're really glad that you joined us. We're here every day, 3 to 5, weekdays, 3 to 5, on KKLA and in Southern California. It's very good to be with you today. You know, yesterday morning, as I am the new host on this program and we're getting ready to build some things, I'm building up some files and some files to talk about certain subjects that I think are coming up. One of them is uh, abortion. I spent yesterday morning uh, creating some files and doing a lot of reading on abortion and some other subjects because I fully expected the Supremes to rule on uh, that subject this summer. And I fully expect them, as I've said before, to overturn Roe versus Wade. I think that's coming. And uh, little did we know, or little did I know, I'd get this leak. We'd get this leak uh, this morning. So uh, a few things I want to do today. I know you probably have some different thoughts, and uh, and it's all over the place. You know, in our program, one of the things that we want to really do, number one, we want to make sure that we are hopeful, okay? We want to make sure that we are looking at subjects that happen in the day as not a situation that is hopeless, but a situation where we can navigate our way through to pointing out the gospel of Jesus Christ, to pointing out what is true and right, and to work hard to do that together. And so that's something that we're going to do. That's what we like to do in our program. Uh, A few other things, and I'm going to get to an interview right away here to get to a particular subject that I think is important uh, for us, and I want to get your thoughts about things as we, we move on. Certainly, I want you to know a few things about me, okay? Um, just where I'm coming from, I believe that the unborn child is a human being at conception, made in the image of God, and deserves our love and protection and constitutional rights. I think that abortion has had deep and far-reaching consequences to our lives and to the world for a long time, long, much longer. This has been an issue in culture a lot longer than uh, just the last 50 years. And it's a really, really big deal. It has to do with some cultural problems that I think we have. And I think some of those far-reaching consequences have a lot to do with the violence that we see today, even some of the difficulties we have uh, getting along in a whole lot of different areas. And I also realize there's nuance and there's thoughts, and I'm happy to discuss those things. I want this show to be an environment where you can do that, where we can actually have that conversation because we're seeking to do what is right and seeking the truth. And I also believe that the church needs to do a lot more for women and kids and people in economic distress. And we have a lot of work to do there. And I think that whatever is ultimately what occurs with all of this, I realize that there's some question as to whether or not this will actually be the decision. But regardless of whether it is, 
Uh, it's going to be explosive here for a while. I believe this is an opportunity, though, for the church to step out and say, hey, in a post-Roe world, whatever that looks like, assuming that's where we are, and even if it's not where we are, there's a lot more we can do to minister to people and get into this issue in a way that is uh, very personal and very helpful. So uh, I want to do that. I want us to be full of grace, to be wise, uh, to be informed, and to be hopeful. And to recognize that this is a battle, and it calls for wisdom and understanding. And it's very relational. I know that many of you listening have had abortions, and some of you feel very differently about that. Some of you are thinking about getting one right now. There are people who are listening right now, and you're in a pregnancy that you didn't plan for, or that maybe you did plan for, and then the father took off, or there's some circumstance or that you feel like maybe you don't want to be. I know that. And I want you to know that we understand that and uh, we see you and we care for you and we love you and Jesus cares for you and his grace is real and we want to we help. But I also know that as hard as this subject can be, we got to talk about it. We have to talk about it today. So um, even though it is sensitive, so we'll do our best to talk about it in a, in a positive and forward-thinking way. And, uh, but I do want you to know that we feel you. We realize how painful this is for a lot of different people. Uh, also, uh, just as far as the issue going today, if you're not aware, the, uh, yesterday, yesterday afternoon, shortly after this program ended, uh, Politico reported a, uh, and published a leaked document that is an early draft of the Supreme Court's decision on uh, the Mississippi case that they heard in December that we talked about. And in that draft, it suggests that the Supremes are getting ready to overturn Roe versus Wade in the Casey uh, case. And what that would do is it would send abortion decisions back to the states. And that's something that I want to begin with today so that we are aware. There's a lot of people who believe that if Roe versus Wade is overturned, that abortion would just become illegal. And that's not accurate. I've seen some studies that suggest that the number of abortions in the country would only decline by maybe 10%, okay, that it would it would change because some states would keep it legal, some states would not. And there are lots of differences for us, for most of us listening to the show who are in Southern California, we need to understand that should this be the actual decision that the court makes, which I think it probably is, uh, abortion laws don't, uh, aren't changed in California. In fact, they're, they are made maybe more extreme, you might say. And uh, so I want to talk about that. I think what we need to understand what the laws actually say, what are some things that are going on right now that we ought to be aware of and that we ought to have a really good idea uh, of how we can look at this and do something uh, right. With us now on the phone is Susan Arnell. She is the Vice President of Legal Affairs at Right to Life League right here in Pasadena. Susan, thank you for joining us today. Thanks so much for having me on. It's a pleasure. Yeah, it's great to have you. You must be having an uh, interesting day. <laughs> well, it's good to be able to, to uh, spread the good news of pro-life through the media, which is not often uh, willing to hear uh, a good message like this. Yeah, maybe this is an opportunity uh, to do that and a blessing in that way that we get to have this conversation. So tell me uh, a little bit about yourself, and you work for the uh, Right to Life League in Pasadena. How long have you been involved with them? Well, the Right to Life League is America's first pro-life organization. 
It was founded in 1967. That's long before Roe versus Wade. Yeah. It actually began, uh, it was doctors and lawyers and concerned citizens coming together because uh, there was a bill going through California legislature called the Violence Bill, and Governor Ronald Reagan was considering signing it. So in, these concerned individuals who were the founders of the Right to Life League traveled to Sacramento and met with Governor Reagan and, and explained abortion to him. At that time in 1967, not as much was known about really what abortion was, uh, and we certainly didn't have the ultrasound technology and the science and the biology that we have now that, that clarifies without a doubt that this is a human being. It is not a clump of cells. It's a little human being with unique DNA and that you can actually see uh, during the course of an abortion, if you have the ultrasound on, you can see that, mm-hmm. that the, the legs and the arms are torn off, the head is crushed, and the organs are ripped out of there as the child screams silently. So yeah, they didn't know that, but they knew that it was morally wrong, and they went to Governor Reagan and they begged him, please, do not sign this violence and bill, this first therapeutic abortion bill in the state. And Reagan had already given his word that he would sign it, so he said, I, I can't go back on that, but I give you my word that I will never sign another pro-abortion piece of legislation. And he kept his word at that point to the, to the League. So that's where the League started. Um, I started with the League approximately two years ago, a little less than that. I am a California attorney. I am also a married mother of seven Wow, yes, seven. All one at t- each one at a time with the same guy. I just had to kind of get it right. It took me a while. <laughs> so um, that's my background is uh, uh, when I was in college, I believed uh, all of the pro-choice rhetoric, and mm. I thought, well, sure, it's, it's, a, it's a woman's body and a, a woman's right, and I believed all of that, and I didn't understand really until I, when I was in law school, I heard a case that had to do with... Um, a couple who was conceiving a child to help their their old, the older sibling who had a, a kidney disease. And so they conceived a child in hopes of being able to harvest the kidney of the mm. unborn child to help the older brother. And that's when it struck me. And I thought, children are not crops. Children, they, are, they have their own individual rights. That child may need his kidney himself. And who are we to be able to... Uh, to, to play with life in that fashion, and it turned me completely around. So I went from being a kind of a, a slightly more on the poor cho- pro-choice side to understanding, no, this is a human being. This is not a clump of cells. Yeah. And that all humans are created in the image and likeness of God, and that we, by our Creator, are endowed with certain unalienable rights among those being life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. They're laid down that way in the Declaration of Independence for a precise reason. You can't have liberty before you have life, and life comes from the Creator. And if you are of any moral persuasion, you understand that God gives you at least two gifts. The first is life, the gift of life. Uh The second gift is free will. And the third gift, of course, that he gives is an endowment of faith. And it is a grace that by his grace we we can come to know God. Yeah. So at least the first two, even if you're an agnostic, you'd have to acknowledge that life comes from a creator. You know, and I think... Free uh, will comes what, from the right to life. 
Right. Susan, you know, maybe you could speak to, and uh, there's a couple of things I want to get to and make sure we are aware kind of of where things stand in California, because I think that people are, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of people think, well, it's overturned road, then abortion's illegal, which is not the case at all. And secondly, you were, you're talking about different things you learned in college and how you came to the understanding that those things weren't true. So as I was doing some research uh, yesterday, yesterday morning, actually, I was realizing that some of the same things that I even heard in college, that, it, that it's not a baby, it's just a clump of cells, that those things are still believed, even though today science yeah. definitely uh, has indicated that's not true. <clears throat> what, would you say is, what would you say is the most profound uh, scientific discovery that changes a lot of what a lot of our listeners heard about back when they were in school? I would say the, that it happened even before abortion is the, the discovery of the double helix DNA mm-hmm. and how um, the, the egg and sperm combine together. And at that moment of conception, you, a unique strand of human DNA is created and formed and that that, that, that new life is distinct genetically yes. from the mother and from the father. And there is an element of intelligent design, if you will, in yeah. the way that evolution and biology and intelligent design combine to create this brand new, unique human being that has its own set of DNAs that if left unmolested nine and a half times out of ten uh, grows into a human being that you and I recognize outside the womb as a person. Right? That's right, and and that and the the issue that is has been before the law for the longest time is the civil rights of those in the womb, and we are now at the point, finally, at the point in this country where we are facing the civil rights issue of our time. Is a human being in the womb? Is does it have personhood rights? Does it have the right to life, as our declaration says, or yes. is it? A, a, a product? Is it something that is like a, a, a product that is owned, like a slave, right? We've gone through a civil war before, and many people died and fought to free other people. Simply, they were made, they were made slaves by, by virtue of the color of their skin. We died for that right, to make sure that all men and women are created equal, right? And that they, right. they, they have the same opportunities under law. I- and now... Today is the, is the point where now we're all looking at this, we should be, and realizing this is the civil rights issue for the states again. Yes, we have this to really look at it from, from that perspective that science now does you know, disqualifies a lot of the old arguments about uh, potential, about clump of cells. We're all a clump of, clump of cells anyway, if you want to put it that way. Yes, we are. You we're know, a clump so, of cells. I'm you know, a clump of cells. We're all, a clump yeah. of cells. Everyone's a clump of cells. <laughs> right. So <laughs> let me ask you this. So um, there are so many things. Uh, different things and different emotions that come along with this. What I wanted to talk about is right now in California, whatever happens in Washington, whatever happens with the Supreme Court, um, in this state, we're going to be a pro-choice state uh, is the way it looks right now. And there are... We already uh, are. Yeah, we're definitely a pro-choice state. And today, um, a constitutional amendment to put uh, rights to abortion, it will be added to the Constitution. It will probably be on the ballot maybe this fall, and our state will probably vote for that. And so looking at it from this standpoint, uh, for the time being anyway, we're going to have abortions happening in this state. What are some of the legal um, things that are happening right now in the state that people should be aware of regarding abortion? 
oh my goodness. Well, uh, right now what's going through the, the state legislature, there, there's a series of bills. Um, uh, we have on our, our pro-life advocacy uh, website, it's called prolifeadvocates.org, we list all of the bad bills and, and some of the good bills you know, that are going through. There are a ton of bad bills going through. Um, one of them you, most people have heard of, AB 2223. It's the infanticide bill. It will legalize yeah. infanticide. And can you explain? Prevent- go ahead. Can you explain yes. why? Um, you know, I, I follow that a little bit. Can you explain explain what you mean by infanticide and how it fits into this bill? Like very practically speaking. Sure. Absolutely. Uh, what does that bill actually uh, open up the door to? Um, infanticide is is very easily defined. It's common, you know, commonly defined. It is the killing of a baby, born alive, separate from the mother. It's not in the womb. This is not abortion. This is not stillbirth. This is not miscarriage. We are talking about the killing of human beings born alive outside the womb. You're right. You recall Kermit Gosnell. He was a, a former uh, abortionist to... Yes. Uh, killed babies, you know, stabbed them in the back of the head after they were born and would dump them in a bucket uh, to die. He was convicted of, of infanticide. That's what infanticide is, the killing of babies. Right. All right. AB 2223 is a bill that, uh, that will legalize the killing of a baby up to 28 days old. Now, how does it do that? It does that in a very, very practical way. It protects the, the any prenatal death of a baby, whether abortion, miscarriage, stillbirth, anything prenatal, we don't want to investigate it. We're going to call it a pregnancy outcome, and a woman has an absolute protected right to end her pregnancy in abortion. So it's protecting all manner of abortion, that, and that's before birth, obviously, before birth. And then it adds another section in there, which says that the perinatal death of a baby. So perinatal is after birth. Right. Prenatal is before. Perinatal is after after birth. And what it says is that, that a perinatal death due to pregnancy related cause, whatever that means. Do you know what pregnancy related cause is? No, yeah, what does that mean? Like what uh, It doesn't mean anything. It does not mean anything. It is meaningless gobbledygook that probably some abortion handler told the bill's author. Well, what would the, the what would the bill's authors say that it means? Like from their perspective, why uh, what, is that what, in there? What Buffy Buffy Wicks is the author. Buffy Wicks would say we are trying to prevent the prosecution of women for. Um, uh, the, their choice of pregnancy outcome. Uh, and what they do is they point to two different cases. One is the Perez case, and I forgot the name of the other woman. Basically, uh, there was one woman who was uh, a methamphetamine user, mm. and she uh, had a baby that, that was uh, seriously you know, injured because of the methamphetamine, and it died, I think she was eight and a half months or something like that. And so there was a rogue prosecutor who decided to make an example out of this drug-addicted mother, which is very pathetic right? It's very sad. And he decided to prosecute her uh, and make her an example. So he went after her for her pregnancy outcome, which is the death of this baby being born after being addicted to to meth. And there was another case similar like that. So for those two cases, for a rogue prosecutor who decided that they wanted to prosecute a woman for the death of a baby shortly after birth, 
uh, Buffy Wicks and her abortion handlers want to make sure what they're doing is they're using this as a political tool to expand abortion rights activists up and, in, and to and including past birth for the first 28 days of a baby's life, regardless of the, the, the manner of death. Let me explain. Not only did they include this definition, perinatal death due to pregnancy-related cause, which means anything. I mean, birth is a pregnancy-related cause, for crying out loud, right? Then they went in further in this bill in AB 22-23. What they said was, well, we don't want coroners to investigate any of these adverse pregnancy outcomes because a woman has an absolute right to choose her pregnancy outcome. So if she consents, she, if she does not want the baby after birth and the baby dies, and anyone who helps her in achieving this pregnancy outcome, the death of this baby, up to 28 days, no one can be investigated. And in fact, if, if private uh, people you know, report or the coroner investigates, if, if an investigation starts, what the AB2223 will do is give the mother and anyone who assisted her in reaching the perinatal death due to pregnancy outcome, right, yeah. death of a baby, it will give these people a, a right to sue, to go into state court for a private cause of action to sue those who are investigating, like maybe a coroner or the yeah. police, or maybe the, like the doctor who reports and says, look, uh, th- this baby is starving to death, you're neglecting this baby, I'm going to have to maybe turn, the, turn this case over and find out why you're not feeding the baby. Baby d- dies before it's a, a month old. From Susan, I'm going to I'm gonna have to take a break here. I don't mean to interrupt, but I'm going to have sure. to take a break here in a moment. Um, and this bill is going through right now. Like it hasn't been passed yet, but this is something that's being debated. It's AB 2223. Is that correct? Absolutely right. That's being debated. And when we're on the other side of the break, I will tell you about, but I got to tell you one thing. AB 2223 is the shiny object. It is distracting everyone from even worse bills that are coming through the legislature. Bills that will force California taxpayers to fund absolute abortion on demand access not only in California, but all across the nation. All right. I'm going to take a break and uh, and get back with you here in just a moment. My guest is Susan Arnell. She's the vice president of legal affairs at the Right to Life League in Pasadena, California. This is Southern California Live. We're talking about the abortion issue, which is obviously the big issue of the day. We'll be back in just a moment. Don't go away. Welcome back, everybody. Southern California Live. Scott Furrow with you, your host, and uh, it is good to be with you today. We're talking about the abortion issue, which, of course, is the the big issue of the day. And uh, as I mentioned in the last segment, it's important that we talk about it. And I recognize that a lot of people deal with a lot of pain and a lot of frustration and and confusion about these things. There are multiple issues, and I understand that, and and we see you. we had a caller earlier this week, a man who for 50 years has been grieving the loss of his aborted child. He still wasn't over it, and we prayed for him. There's so much pain, and there's so many, uh, so much stuff here. But we need to talk about it from the standpoint of what is happening in our society and how to get at the, the truth of different things. And some of the things that are maybe this is sounding pretty radical to you and, and maybe hard to believe 
Um, but a lot of that comes from your standpoint on life and what life is. And in California, whatever happens with Roe versus Wade, assuming that it's true, I think it probably is that the Supremes are going to overturn R.V. Wade, that California and all the other states are going to be able to make up their own laws. And we're talking about laws in this state. And our guest is Susan Arnell. She's the vice president of legal affairs at the Right to Life League right here in uh, Pasadena. Susan, before the break, we were talking about uh, AB 2223, and it's a bill that would allow children who are, are born, actually, uh, to be be put to death at the mother's decision up to a certain amount of time, and there's a lot of vagueness about what would allow her to make that decision even after the decision is born. Mm-hmm. And we started talking it's about that. It's not too vague. It's not too vague because the, the bill, AB 2223, allows for... Uh, the, the mother to uh, have a perinatal, like after birth, perinatal death for any any reason. And it's not defined. It just says... Right, that's pregnancy. what I mean by the, by the vagueness. It's not defined in some nearly narrow way only in these right. cases, right? Uh, and that is right. what is some of the big controversy. You said that there are other bills that are moving through uh, our state house right now that we should be yeah. aware of. Uh, describe what some of those are. What some of those are, and why we should be uh, concerned, and what do we do about it? Sure. Just to give you uh, just a background, because I know we are talking about Roe versus Wade and the possible overturning of Roe versus Wade uh, by Dobbs. Okay, so uh, in California, if if the Dobbs and Dobbs, Dobbs is the case, and, and, Dobbs is the case. Right, the Supreme Court has been working through right now. Yes, I just want to keep our audience up to speed. So Dobbs is the Mississippi Reed. law, right? That the yeah. Supreme Court is discussing the Dobbs law, that's or the Dobbs case. That's what they are working through right now. And and Go simply ahead. put, what Dobbs will decide is, it, and hopefully this decision is true, that there is no constitutional right to abortion. Now, will that right. change anything in California? Absolutely not. The reason why is because yes. Dobbs will correct the error of Roe versus Wade and will return. Uh, the issue of abortion to the states, which is where it belonged in the first place, because the federal government is limited and we, the, the Constitution, uh, describes what the federal courts can decide and anything that is not within the Constitution is automatically the purview of the states. That's why abortion will come back to the, the states. We already have, what, 26 to 28 states who are passing laws to restrict the abortion on demand. They say, well, we should we should restrict right. it by time or things like that. California is the other type of state. It wants abortion on demand 24-7. And in fact, what it has is pushing through radical bills that will force California taxpayers to fund abortion on demand for anyone in California and, in fact, anyone across the nation. Here's how. The bill that I'm talking about is called S. B-1142, SB-1142. I refer to it as the abortion veto bill. It's also referred to as the abortion tourism bill. It is a massive bill mm. that will use taxpayer funds to set up an infrastructure, both uh, you know a physical infrastructure as well as an online infrastructure to create a, a huge um, website where anyone in the United States can jump on the website, say, I want my free abortion. They can set up travel 
uh, to California, including the Uber from the airport, from LAX to the special uh, abortion hotel. They can schedule their abortion. They can arrange for uh, insurance, and they will get reimbursed for lost wages while they're coming out here, and they can bring their children with them, and they'll have free babysitting while mom is getting the free abortion. This is all on taxpayers' dime, on California taxpayers. So California will not only be paying for all of the California abortions, they, the state has decided we want to advertise and we want to bring everyone from the rest of the United States to California and give them abortions here. That's the plan. That's what SB 1142 will do. And it's going through the, the Assembly and, and the Senate right now as we speak. Okay. All right. That's pretty significant. I was reading yesterday that um, Amazon, as a company, will pay you $4,000 if you need to go to another state um, and uh, have an abortion. So even companies right. are getting they're, on board also, with that. But to have the taxpayer funds. in California pay for it is amazing. Just right. shocking, there, there's really. Funds, We're turning it into an industry. That, that you, can, you can actually uh, fund. They're, they're setting up a fund in California to donate to help fund more abortion, but most of it is taxpayer. Another bill that they're doing is AB 1245. AB 1245 is a pilot program for Los Angeles County because they, they want the, the, the abortion industry wants uh, Los Angeles to be the hub. We have three international airports. We got Ontario, we got LAX, we got, you know, OC. Everybody can fly into Los Angeles. And that's why they want to fund money. They want to send money down here to improve, quote, abortion access, unquote, in Los Angeles. Now, just as a bit of background, uh, about 25 percent of the state live in in Los Angeles County. All right. But but the number of abortions in Los Angeles County exceed 30 percent or 30, 33 percent. It's one third. So maybe a quarter of the people in the state live here, but we have more than our fair share of abortions. We're at like one-third of the, the number of abortions in the whole state in Los Angeles. So there's no abortion deficit here. There's all kinds of access yeah. to abortion in Los Angeles, but that's not good enough for the abortion industry and Planned Parenthood. They want more money. Again, this is taxpayer money from the state to send more money down to improve abortion access over the next three years in Los Angeles County. Their intent, again, is to bring women from all these different states into the state through Los Angeles and get them their free abortion at taxpayer expense. That's AB 1245. All right. Let me ask you something, uh, just to, for our, our last few minutes. There's a lot of other things here, and uh, you're listening to Southern California Live. My guest is Susan Arnell, the Vice President of Legal Affairs at Right to Life League uh, right here in Pasadena. Uh as people are listening to this, I think it's it's new to a lot of people that, uh, you know, even people who support abortion are often against taxpayer funding. There's a whole lot of different opinions people have. What does somebody do who is hearing well, this and saying, how do I help? What what can we do? What's the best path right now as these things are being considered right now in Sacramento? It is very, very important that you learn about these bills. We have a website that we've created that lists uh, the, what we call the bad bills. The website is ProLifeAdvocates.org. ProLifeAdvocates.org. You can go there, and we have all of the bills listed. You can also go to our website, the main one, RightToLifeLeague.org. RightToLifeLeague.org. You can go to our news and events, 
and you will see articles about these very bills. You will be able to find a flyer right there that is the flyer about bad bills. That has all the information you need about who are the bill's authors, uh, how do I get in touch with them. For instance, tomorrow before the Assembly Appropriations Committee, um, AB 2223, the infanticide bill, is going to be uh, coming before that committee. Well, the head of that committee is Chris Holden. He's a Pasadena guy. He's a, he's a representative from Pasadena. He's the head of the Assembly Appropriations Committee. You can call him. You can ask him to please kill the infanticide bill. His number is 626-351-1917. Three five one one nine one seven. You can call your representative and you say, I don't want to fund these abortion bills. So you can go to our website again, righttolifeleague.org. You can go to our little, uh, the other little website, which you can find there, prolifeadvocates.org. Learn about the bills. Contact the bill's authors. Tell them we don't want to fund abortion. And you can reach out to Chris Holden at 626-351. One nine one seven, and tell them to kill the infanticide bill. Susan, uh, that's some great information. I want to make sure that people have that because I know that it's sort of the uh, the fire hose of information that maybe people are getting right so now. So much, and there's it so is many like d- drinking from a fire hose. The, the yeah. bills that are coming through, there's like about twenty of them, and, and we are just we're flooded with it. And yeah. That, so I think as Californians, yeah, as Californians, we we hardly pay attention at all to what's happening in Sacramento, let alone our local government, but. Now's the time is to pay attention. So the websites that Susan has mentioned here, uh, she is from Right to Life League. You can go to Right, uh, let's see, is that right? RightToLifeLeague.org is the website, and you can find this information on there and some programs, some news and events. And the other website that brings all of these different bills that are going on together is called ProLifeAdvocates.org, ProLifeAdvocates.org. You know, and if you're skeptical about some of these bills or maybe what they mean, you can click right on the link and go read it for yourself. And I would encourage you to do that. And I would encourage you to uh, determine who your state representatives are and call them. And I would encourage you to to write letters, let them know you're paying attention. And that's that's a big thing with politicians. You know, ultimately, they want to get reelected more than anything else. And if you're not paying attention, they just get reelected because you're just going to vote for them. But when you're paying attention. We are doing battle with a multi-million dollar organization. It's the abortion industry. It it's is a huge, yes, it's a major financial, abortion. yes, it's it's a, got a major financial component. And that is behind a lot of a lot of the argument. And, you know, people are uh, protecting their big salaries. And uh, that happens with a lot of things. Susan, I have to take a break. But Susan, thank you so much for joining us today on Southern California Live. I know it's a busy day. And thank you for uh, taking some time out of your schedule. Susan Arnell is the Vice President of Legal Affairs at Right to Life League in Pasadena, California. You can go to the website righttolifeleague.org uh, to learn more about that organization. Susan, thank you for being with us today. Thanks so much, Scott. I really appreciate the time. Thank you. All right. Thank you very much. All right, friends, we are uh, in a heavy topic today, and I know that, but thank you for sticking with us. We are going to uh, get to your phone calls in the next segment and in the next hour and talk about some some different things, and we'd love to hear your thoughts about this. How are you moved by uh, this? What do you think the church ought to do, if you're a believer, what should the church ought to do to respond? And especially, I want you to be thinking in a post-Roe world where a lot of the laws regarding abortion, as we've been talking about, are going to be local. 
and the national argument, uh, it could change. It could be because Congress passes a law, there may be a, a movement to start a national um, you know, um, constitutional amendment to the U.S. Constitution. Those things aren't going to pass, okay? So there's going to be a lot of local um, fighting, and that's the next step in all of this, and a lot of local um, information, a lot of local care that we need to do. What are your thoughts about this? 888-528-2557 is the phone number, 888-528-2557. This is Southern California Live. Your Tuesday edition will be back in just a moment. Don't go away. Welcome back, everybody. Southern California Live. Good to be with you today on this Tuesday. Boy, it's a heavy day, isn't it? This is a topic that uh, is obviously consuming the news. It matters. It matters greatly. And uh, maybe it's one that people haven't thought about very much. And this hour, we have been talking about some of the laws that are coming up here in California because I think that's been a misconception that a lot of people on the uh, pro-life or anti-abortion side have, have maybe thought that if the Supremes reject Roe versus Wade, which it looks like they're going to do, although that's not certain, by the way, um, ultimately, um, but I, if they do, and I've thought that they're going to, um, it may not really change the number of abortions that happen. In fact, uh, one survey I read a while ago said maybe 10% of abortions would go down. Abortions have been declining in the United States anyway over a period of time by quite a bit. Um, But what it will do is it will move this conversation to go state by state. And some states are going to maintain uh, abortion at different levels with different uh, time periods. Some have will have some restrictions. Some will have none at all. California will likely have none at all. You know, one of the issues that um, Susan was talking about, our guest in the last segment, and maybe it's one that makes you skeptical. Now, I'm a skeptical person, and I'm really skeptical when things sound kind of crazy, okay? So the idea of um, people who are pro-choice pushing the idea of infanticide, meaning that you and go ahead and and uh, destroy an infant after the infant is born. Say that it's born with a defect, or say that you you know, maybe even just decide, oh, I've had a baby, maybe I don't really want to. Um, you know, and people will often say, no, that's not what it says. And most people, uh, I think they probably feel that way. Maybe they're saying, I'm not trying that. But I guess one of the things I want you to know is is that there is a genuine philosophical approach that says that for the same reasons, basically, that you might argue that a child can be uh, aborted while inside the womb. Well, those reasons mostly haven't changed even after the the child is born. And there's something called um, afterbirth abortion, okay? And afterbirth abortion, I'm reading this from the Journal of Medical Ethics, okay, where this idea is proposed. And this is not new. This is an idea that Uh, logical philosophers have talked about for a long time, basically saying that if the child, if personhood or potential or the ability to live on your own is the rationale for the value of a life, well, then a a baby who's born doesn't have the ability to live by his or herself. So, you know, what's the difference? And, you know, it's one thing to talk about it in philosophy and sort of logic. It's another thing to actually experience that. This is what the Journal of Medical Ethics says uh, this is by uh, Alberto uh, Guibellini, is his name, and Francesca Minerva, who wrote this. When circumstances occur after birth such that they would have justified abortion, 
what we call afterbirth abortion should be permissible. Uh, we propose to call this practice afterbirth abortion rather than infanticide to emphasize that the moral status of the individual killed and note that they have no problem saying it's an individual killed. That language that it's not a human being or not a person is long gone in the, the study. People are um, believing this a little bit more. Notice that the status of the individual killed is comparable with that of the fetus rather than that of a child. So what they're trying to say is that the situation of the baby, the individual killed, is still a fetus, even though the child has been born. Therefore, we claim that killing a newborn could be ethically permissible in all of the circumstances where abortion would be. Such circumstances include cases where the newborn has the potential to have at, have an at least acceptable life, but the well-being of the family is at risk. So there you go. Now, I want you to understand that is from the Journal of Medical Ethics. That's not from some wacky, you know, uh, left-winger on TikTok or some kind of crazy thing. That is something that is actually being discussed, and it has been discussed at the highest levels of our government. Remember a couple of years ago, the former governor of Virginia, Frank uh, Northam, got in a lot of trouble for uh, this comment. He was asked about the practice of uh, new abortion laws that he was pushing for and what would happen if a baby was actually born, and this is what he had to say third trimester uh, abortions, these are done uh, with the consent uh, of obviously the, the mother, with the consent uh, of the physicians, more than one physician, by the way. Um, and it's done in cases where there may be severe deformities, there may be a, a, a fetus that's non-viable. So in this particular example, uh, if a mother is in labor, I can tell you exactly uh, what would happen. Um, the infant would be delivered. Uh, the infant would be kept comfortable. Uh, the infant would be resuscitated if, if that's what the uh, mother and the family desired. And then a discussion would ensue between the physicians and the mother. So, so I think this was really blown out of proportion. Uh, but again, we want the government not to be involved in these types of decisions. We want the decision to be made by uh, the, the mothers and their providers. And, and this is why Julie, that legislators, most of whom are men, by the way, shouldn't be telling a woman what she should and shouldn't be doing with her body. So there you go. So if you're feeling like, oh, the whole idea of infanticide is just overblown, you know, it's something that is there. It's being legitimately proposed in medical journals. This is the world we live in. See, and if you feel like uh, somebody is not a life that it's not a human life, that the value of the infant, whether the value is still inside the womb or outside the womb, that the value of that child, for whatever reason you think, because they are a burden, because they might have um, be born into circumstances where life doesn't have a really good high percentage of having a good life, or maybe they have deformity, maybe their parents are just morons, and they, you know, you feel like, well, this child's going to be not educated well. Well, I guess then you can take its life. That philosophy is being discussed. It is a part of the thinking of some of these bills. So you need to know that. I don't think many people support this. I think most people, even people who are very pro-choice, I don't think there's a lot of people who support taking the life of an infant because maybe something happens at birth that uh, makes raising that child seem more inconvenient. We're not talking about children who are born with birth defects and they're going to pass away anyway in a short period of time. I mean, that's part of it, but we're talking about a choice of convenience that could be legally allowed. That's for real. 
And if you're saying, no, that's never happened, well, you just heard the former governor of Virginia discussing what that would look like. You just heard um, our guest talk about that. And you've heard from a Journal of Medicine discussing that as a very real option. You know, a Journal of Ethics saying this is okay. You see, we if you're wondering why things are, are kind of messed up, we have this attitude about life in our country that is wrong. It's pretty brutal. So... As the church, as people who believe that the a person is made in the image of God, where do we go from here? 888-528-2557 is the number. Let's go to a phone call here. Deborah, thank you for calling Southern California Live. Uh, Deborah, you know, how should the church get involved? What are your thoughts about this? Well, for me, I, I don't know why the church wouldn't be involved. I would think they would be the forerunners in this. Mm. And um, that's one of the things that's disturbing for me is that, you know, how can we preach the gospel and, and um, you know, preach that Jesus gave his, his own life for our life and not have a say in them taking life? I, I don't—an innocent child, whether it's um, not born or, or born— um, I just don't know why we're silent about it. Um, do, you, do you think maybe you know, we're afraid? Lady that was, well, there's a lot of fear. Um, I think the church has gotten too involved in uh, politics, um, you know, um, the money aspect, mm-hmm. you know, so a fear of the financial loss or how it's going to affect them, you know, but, you know, where, where is, where, where are we? And and that's the question that I have is where are we as a church today? It's really disheartening. And it's sad when I hear, you know, these things about these innocent babies. Um, It's really sad, you know, and it hurts my heart that People are even, they're rationalizing this, that it's okay to kill a baby even after it's born. <clears throat> oh, we'll make it just feel comfortable. We'll make sure, it, you yeah. know, it, it dies easily. Deborah, I'm going to have to go because I, I have a break, but I'm right with you. And what I want to say here, and Deborah, I appreciate your call and your thoughts, is that this is a wake-up call for the church. And maybe it's time that we educate ourselves to what's going on and we do a much better job, that we, we, we don't get hysterical about a lot of things and just sort of conspiracy theory and, or say something and think that's enough. But we need to be involved. We need to be involved with our neighbors, the people that God has placed in our life. We need to love people. We need to be aware that there is a significant power of the church when it is out there loving people and caring for people and providing hope. A lot of abortions happen because women are hopeless. I've been to the clinics and I've talked to women who just feel like they have nowhere to go and no option. And if you don't have an option to give them, well, they're going to choose abortion. But I've also seen it where you give them an option and they choose life. And there's a whole lot more that we can talk about for that. We've got to take a break here. This is Southern California Live on Tuesday. The number is 888 528-2557. We'll take your calls when we get back after the break. This is the Tuesday edition of SoCal Live. We'll be back for hour two in just a moment. Stay tuned. 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.